powered by Adept Group. This is the Unpacking Excellence Podcast with Daniel Beardsworth. Daniel Beardsworth. Bringing together top packaging professionals to share insight and knowledge on all things packaging. Now, introducing your host, Daniel Beardsworth. Welcome to Adept Group's Unpacking Excellence podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Beardsworth, and I'm joined today by my co-host, uh, Adept Group's Associate Director for CPG Consulting and Adept Value Optimization, Kevin Boyer. Our guests are from Super 73. We have Adam Rosinski, the Accessories Program Manager, and Lucian Lee, Art Director for Super 73. How are we doing today, guys? Doing well. Okay. Yeah, thanks for having us. Excited for it. Yeah, thanks for joining us. For listeners that aren't familiar with Super 73, can you tell us a little bit about the company and its products? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Super 73, we're an American lifestyle adventure brand. We were founded in 2016 with the core focus of two-wheeled electric adventure. So with that, you know, our core product, it revolves around our series of electric bikes. We have the R, the S, and the Z series, uh, and these were recently supplemented by our Adventure series that were launched just this past weekend. Um, Our latest two offerings include the K1D, our first kids' e-bike, and the C1X, our debut electric motorcycle that has a number of groundbreaking tech innovations that we're all very excited about. That sounds like an exciting time for you guys. It's uh man, there's there's a lot happening here that uh, we're all really excited about, in particular with not just the brand growth, but the tech innovation that's been happening internally. Also of note, you know, I should definitely mention we have an amazing international community of writers known as the Super Squad. They continue to, you know, really impress us with how they personalize and customize their bikes, organize group rides, charity events. And, and truly create a, a diverse community of, of all backgrounds, which also relates to our Halo Customs and Collabs program. It's an amazing internal team. Uh, it's bridged us to everything from Indian motorcycles to St. Laurent and Mattel Hot Wheels, just to name a few. So yeah, really exciting time for us. A lot on the horizon um, and uh, a lot of uh, exciting things to come. Adam, can you tell awesome us? Lucian. <laughs> Uh, Adam, can you tell us a little bit about kind of your role in the team and and how it relates to packaging projects? Yeah, you know, when I first started on, I was on the operations side and this project had been started previous to me starting the company. And I was asked by our chief operations officer to start observing and help working out any pain points that there might be in the project based upon my background of also being in design and advertising and packaging development for many years to work as a liaison with the Super 73 and also the DEP team. And Lucian, the same question to you, I think, obviously, as art director, it might be a little bit more of an obvious connection, but can you just talk a little bit about sort of your your role and, and how you got involved in these projects? Yeah, absolutely. Um, As art director, you know, I tackle everything from visual development, brand identity systems, uh, all the way to creative design and illustration. Coming into our new packaging in particular, you know, we really had a focus on finding new and effective ways of communicating the brand, of course, but also creating a memorable and creative experience for people. 
before they even get their hands on the product, which is something that, you know, Adam and I have uh, tag teamed on, uh, including the team from Adept. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to uh, getting uh, the new packaging out there. This project that we're talking about was kind of a, a long time in the making, I think. I first remember hearing about conversations in the summer of 2021. Can you guys talk to us a little bit about the packaging challenges were that made you want to uh, engage Adept to rethink some of your packaging? Yeah, I could probably speak a little bit to that. When I first got hired on, we were looking at the fact that so many of our bikes were having packaging issues being delivered at uh, a lot of our packaging is delivered by courier services as it's too large to make it through single parcel delivery. And as they were being delivered to it, we were getting reports of, you know, the boxes falling apart, being torn, bike batteries being on one part of the truck and the box being like completely destroyed. And people were just, you know, expecting such a high quality bike to be delivered with almost bike love service. And it was the box that was failing us. So the goals were to address two issues, which was durability and sustainability to make sure that this box would be as strong as possible and reduce and mitigate any type of you know, issues that bikes were being returned upon delivery, as well as trying to cut down on our you know, carbon footprints and the use of single-use plastics and trying to explore wherever we could to make this more environmentally sensitive as possible. Kevin, I think you were involved from the outset, from our end. Do you remember what some of the initial conversations were that kicked this project off? Yeah, thanks, Daniel. So kind of to the point that Adam's made, a, a lot of it in the beginning was really based on sustainability. So working with their team, collaborating, also, uh, Matt Nixon, one of our lead designers, was involved the whole way, really trying to understand where the limitations were of the current packaging and trying to come up with options and solutions that meet, met the sustainability goals, but then at the same time met kind of those durability goals where the product was safe in transit and with the main goal of increasing that customer experience when it gets to their end customer and their user. It seems like the project, as, as Adam described it, had a dual purpose. One was to address the quality issues that were leading to damage to the packaging during transit, and the other for improvements to sustainability. What were some of the packaging designs and materials that were used initially that were not meeting the standards you guys were looking for? A lot of the stuff we were using there was a lot of EVA foam blocking being used in the packaging to secure the bike in transit, which, you know, really wasn't the best solution at that time. And we were like using a lot of plastic wrapping materials for handlebars to avoid scuffing and abrasion type issues at that time. Yeah. And I think there also of note is, you know, we're with this new packaging, it really is reflective of just the growth of the company itself. You know, um, the first round of bike packaging, it was really, you know, it was a really bare bones team. Uh, we just had to get it out there. And as a result, just wasn't able to have the amount of extensive stress testing and 
the proper team in place, I think, to really create specific packaging uh, system around our products. On that note, definitely want to mention Matt again, who was just fantastic for this project, uh, really spearheaded the engineering, uh, and to Adam's point, really helped us solve a number of the structural issues uh, and you know, just to make sure the products are able to be shipped and received at their location securely. Yeah, to build on Lucian's point, you know, Matt was amazing in terms of you know, adapting at the constant changes in the problems we were facing. You know, when the project started in 2021, we were looking at 2021 year bikes and we're now implementing the solution in 23 model year, which we weren't fully anticipating. And so his ability to adapt and pivot to problems that were coming in real time as you know, we're rapidly developing new products was amazing. And he never shied away from a challenge, which we greatly appreciated. Can you talk just a little bit about the process and, and the work that went into developing packaging that satisfied both goals of, of reducing damage and, and making the packaging more sustainable? Like, was that an iterative process or was it a lot of planning in, on the front end and then just fine tuning as you went along? One of the things that was interesting when I first started on the project was that we were only designing in a 3D CAD world. However, sometimes, you know, the 3D CAD world isn't one-to-one perfect and there's so many unforeseen. So when we started to get Matt on site and he was able to handle these products and see the upcoming development we were working on and understand the weights and the problems we were actually facing in real world scenarios, we definitely saw a rapid increase in the process of being more productive. 3D, I think world is great, but a lot of times it doesn't translate 100% into a real tangible product and some of the issues around it. So having Matt travel on site, the two times he came out here, uh, to Irvine for the week was invaluable in, you know, I, I would have to say during that time I was out here, there were so many aha moments where we're like, oh my God, we were not seeing this when we were working on it, you know, just on the CAD files. Yeah. So kind of what you're saying is um, we you kind of started with work doing it on, you know, sort of like chalkboard type work. And then you kind of got around to the real like practical, actually seeing how this will work when it's implemented, you know, on the actual physical product. Yeah, absolutely. There, you know, I think with our core product as well, just the sheer size complexity, you know, the weight of the product itself, you know, it's not really until you get it into a sample, a physical sample that, uh, you know, you really kind of dive into the nooks and crannies, see how the product is sitting within the box especially as we talk about, you know, security, uh, it's, it's, you know, Adam and, and Matt in particular did a fantastic job of, you know, just making sure the bike was there securely would hold up to, you know, all the stresses involved with uh, shipping. And on top of that, you know, just having the ability of internally bringing people in to experience the packaging uh, that had no foreknowledge of it, seeing how they interacted with it, some of the pain points that were involved, all that information was invaluable to us. 
to get this thing dialed in and, and ready to go. I think that's an important way to think about it too. It's not just testing to make sure the packaging will withstand the distribution environment, but it's also, does it meet the needs of the user when they want to unpack it on the back end of this? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, again, with these boxes in particular, they're so large and unwieldy. It's, you know, there's an immediate sort of barrier in terms of how user-friendly they are. And so that was absolutely a focus of ours to make sure that everything followed was as easy and intuitive as possible. Yeah, to uh, uh, get them to the product as soon as possible. I know there might be some sensitivities around talking about specifics because of uh, competitive issues, but can you share any insights into how the results of the project met the original goals? I think for for my end, uh, especially, I would say that, you know, with this new packaging, uh, we're really pushing um, sort of a, a much more creative, memorable experience, uh, not just from, you know, the form factor of the box and, and sort of the engineering side, but also uh, in terms of, you know, the visuals we have on the box, the storytelling we're providing, and especially with the K1D box, the uh, user experience as you get into the box and how that packaging really relates directly to the product itself. You know, that's something that was really important to us where we wanted to find some new creative ways of associating the packaging with the product and not just having them, you know, live separately and, and, and making sure that we weren't just treating the box as a utility only solution. Uh, and, and to that end, I think that between Adam and Matt's engineering on the structural and engineering side to the uh, creative branding side, you know, I, I really think we've touched on something that you just aren't seeing uh, in the industry uh, in, in terms of e-bike and two-wheeled uh, mobility. Yeah, and then to build off what Lucian was saying, you know, the end result, at least we'll call it, there's the K1D and then there's the big bike boxes that we've worked on. And the big bike boxes, we were able to effectively open up 15 die lines that would cover every bike model we have in our line. And of those, a good portion of them are shared across the spectrum of all the bikes. So to create a universal platform that in terms of sourcing and on-hand inventory for our finished manufacturers, that's really important. Before that, we had, I think, two or three different platforms that were having to be held on hand at that point. So for them to be able to source in larger quantities and have on hand uh, just the top sheets, which go over the seats that really end up being the the unique kind of feature per bike will lead to a great deal of savings over a long period of time. Secondly, in terms of like logistics, the goal for this box was, you know, sometimes there's unforeseens and, you know, every once in a while we have to recall a bike. So for us to be able to send a box to someone with a bike in it, and if God forbid there is an issue, we're able to have them pick it up and reship it back to us to have this box be able to survive the shipment from on a freight vessel, then be delivered into a 3PL center and go through the environment of a 3PL center, then being picked, packed and pulled and put on the, uh, with a courier delivered 
and then God forbid there's something that has to come back in that reverse process, but to be able to survive through that, all those environments greatly reduce and can reduce our reoccurring cost. Um, before, so a lot of times the box wouldn't even make it just the leg of the trip just to the customer. And we would have to dispatch a whole nother box. So you'd have, you know, a their trip, then another their trip with a replacement box to just recall the box. And as infrequently as that is, you know, if you put a, you know, thousands of bikes out into the field and you have a 0.01% failure rate, that definitely drives a lot of costs. So over time, by engineering a better bike box, you effectively will save a great deal of money over a long period of time. Yeah, I think that was something else that's important that we didn't really touch on, right? We talked a little bit about the um, sustainability stuff and and the quality of the box to withstand the distribution environment. But um, that's another important piece to call out is just the ways that making that creating a platform that worked for multiple products and also making a box that was robust enough to provide or to survive rather, uh, God forbid, a return trip really does impact the bottom line costs in a positive way. I feel like the original box was a product of necessity in terms of our team did this amazing job of designing these beautiful products. And the box was treated as an afterthought. And so when it's treated as an afterthought, you have a lot of unintended issues. Now, it looked beautiful. Lucian's team did an amazing job designing it, but structurally, it wasn't there what was needed as a necessity for the rigors of which these bikes go through in terms of the delivery process. So coming out of this project, we feel a lot more confident that we have the right tool in place to succeed for a couple of years to come here. Piggybacking off of Adam's remark there, First and foremost, with this project, it was absolutely, you know, let's make sure the the bikes are secure, they're able to withstand the transit that's involved. One really memorable aha moment we had internally with the K1D box in particular is, you know, we're playing around with samples in the office and just by reorienting some of the pieces uh, and because they were so stable uh, within, you know, the base plate, we were able to come across a, a, a solution for the retail front uh, that really extends the life and the uh, utilization of the packaging. That's something that was really fantastic to see, really was born out of the excellent engineering and structure, uh, structural design that happened behind the scenes. And as a result, really enabled uh, Fermion to take advantage of it, to create a visual system uh, and narrative that lives not just from you know us directly to the consumer but also has potential to live on the retail front as well just to build on lucian's point you know i remember we were going on the k1d like how do we what do we do for all the accessories and matt came to us and said like what if we did a lunchbox and so before we knew it Matt had developed a lunchbox that integrated perfectly into the packaging system. And Lucian's team was, you know, like, oh my God, we got to do this. And, you know, it's one of my favorite things outside of the POP repurposing of the box that Lucian touched on that we did was, you know, hey, this is like a keepsake now that a kid gets. And it, you know, may not be like a functional lunchbox that you're going to take to school and put your, your lunch in, 
but it kind of has that nostalgic throwback and that fit fitted so well within the design sensibility of the K1D bike as it reminds so many of us people that are like, you know, in our 30s and 40s of our first BMX bike and riding it to school with a lunchbox and how we just kind of organically just gravitated to that as a team and the execution that, you know, Matt was able to do. It really just kind of was for me the, you know, the cherry on top of the sundae. Yeah, I, I got to echo that 100%. I think there's often just this idea that packaging is just, you know, an outer vessel that you use to move something from one place to another. But absolutely with this project in particular, um, you know, uh, just really understanding that it can facilitate much more than that, you know, not just for us internally, but also for the end user really just amplifying the experience of, you know, the product uh, within the packaging itself, I think is, it's always important to remember. It's, it's certainly something that, uh, you know, we're, we're stressing with this project. And ultimately, I, I, I do think that it's, it's something that absolutely will differentiate us, especially as we continue to develop our strategy behind it is, you know, uh, really just paying attention to the full customer journey from, you know, purchase to receiving to unpacking to finally getting on their bike that, um, you know, always uh, is is an exciting time. So, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, again, uh, you know, uh, huge credit to, to Matt, just did a phenomenal job, really had a lot of excellent support on this project. And, and you know, I think everything you know, as it all came together, it was just fantastic. Uh, really can't wait for it to, to get out there in the wild. Adam and Lucian, thanks so much for making time for us. And, and Kevin, thanks for kind of joining me as my co-pilot for this. Um, I appreciate all you yeah, guys. Thank time. you, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I look forward to seeing uh, these things in stores everywhere. Thank you for listening to Unpacking Excellence with Daniel Beardsworth. Daniel Beardsworth. For more resources on all things packaging, head to our website, adeptpackaging.com. Don't forget to subscribe and thanks again for listening.